We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. I usually start with a question, and um, this is my question for you today. What scriptures do you read in the Bible and you go, oh man, that's tough, like... I don't know if I like that one in there. Now, you see, you can look at some of them in Leviticus and Exodus and stuff like that, and you can kind of go, well, that was for Israel, that was for them. But there's some pretty tough stuff in the New Testament as well. Um, Like, you know, you read Jesus saying, love your enemies, and you read it and you just kind of go, yeah, you know, you just go, oh, man, that's, that's tough. You know, forgive those who have offended you, and you go... Okay, you know, there's, there's other scriptures. I don't know if you default to the easy ones. You know, you default to Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, and you know, say, oh, that's nice, you know. Or you read even the scripture that um, Anna was sharing before, John 15, and, you know, remain in the vine, the life is in him, and you go, oh, that's good. And then you get to that scripture, it says, uh, I, I cut off those who, hang on, hang on, just skip over that one, get to the next bit. You know, we do that a bit, don't we? Do you? No, no, it's just me. Okay. Here's, I'm going to share the scripture today. I don't think I've ever preached from the scripture before because personally, I find this scripture really tough. Um, but uh, my job partly is to preach the whole counsel of the word of God. So here we go. Here's my tough scripture that I kind of recoil at a little bit. Matthew 21, verse 18, says this. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, Jerusalem, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up and but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what is done to this fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Go throw yourself in the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. Now, this isn't about the fig tree, okay, just in case you're wondering. You know. It's not about going around and testing your faith on the trees as you, as you leave, or the mountains, okay? We'd like the trees to just stay in place and the mountains just to... So the, the, the withered fig tree, as much as you might feel sorry for the fig tree, it's kind of not the point. There's, there's, a, there's a point that Jesus is making here. And the point that Jesus is making is... He's taking an everyday opportunity to reveal to his disciples to grow in faith. That they have some responsibility in this. And I don't know about you, but I like the disciples kind of recoil at this a bit and go, was Jesus joking at this point? Like, was he just kind of... You say, hey, you can do that, you know, is this hyperbole, you know, where, where Jesus says, hey, you can say to this mountain, you know, Mount Hutt over there, throw yourself in there. Of course, I wouldn't want that. I like quite like skiing on Mount Hutt. Choose another mountain. But whatever. Um, you know, can you, can you just do this and it will be done? Oh, that, that's, a, that's a good joke. That's cool. Uh, but he was serious. We know he was serious because Jesus prefixed this with, truly, I tell you, 
stress. That means that we, we don't get let off the hook on this. There's, there's no joking around here. Whenever Jesus says, truly I say to you, or um, in the old King James, verily, verily I say to you, like, I want you to listen. This is a truth that I want you to get in your life. I want to impart to you. Okay? So we know this, there's, there's something clear that Jesus wants us to know here. And what does he want us to know? Well, one of the things that we see from this scripture is that God is looking for faith-filled prayers. He wants the disciples to pray big, bold prayers. It's like he's communicating to them and to us, look, don't bother with the namby-pamby prayers, okay? Be bold in your prayers. Ask for big stuff. You know, I remember years ago, the... Um, I was, I was in a prayer meeting and um, I, I used to pray a lot where I'd say, Lord, I just, I just, I just pray for this. And, I just, and, and my pastor afterwards um, came to me and said, Warren, why do you use the word just all the time? And I went, oh, yeah, why do I do that? I'm not, I'm not trying to limit God. Now, if you pray like that, I know that there's a certain amount where it's just nervousness. You're, you're just trying to think of the next thing to say. And actually, if you're in a prayer meeting with Megan, you're going to be really conscious of this now, aren't you? But, um, it's, it, and, it's, and sometimes it's a sign of humility where you're going, Lord, we just, uh, you know, we're humble, you're a humble servant. But what Jesus is saying here is be bold. Ask for big things. Confidently ask God for big things because God can do it. That's what we're looking at in this series, Praying for a Change. We're believing that our prayers will actually change things. Do you believe that? Good, please. Your, your prayers will change things. That's the point that, that Jesus is making here. He's saying to the disciples, man, you think speaking to a tree and seeing it withering, you think, you think that's hard. Mate, you can do amazing more than that, immensely more than that, beyond what you can imagine. If you ask, if you believe. But that's the clincher, isn't it? Because then we look at ourselves and go, oh, do I have that sort of faith? Now, this is all in the context of building on what we've said over the last few weeks. Remember, a few weeks ago, we started looking at surrender and how important it is to come to God, not with kind of our agenda of all the things that we want, but seeking God as to his will and his agenda. Right, so, so all that we're saying today, it, it's, it's prefixed by all of this. It, it, you have to see it all in context. That there's this attitude of surrender that we come before God. That there's an attitude of listening to God. We're seeking what God is revealing. We're giving God our, our time and space to listen to him, to see what he's revealing. And then last week we looked at, there's got to be an agreement with that. There's got to be a heart connection to what he has revealed. If he said, I'm going to do this through your life, and you go, oh, not so sure about that. Well, it's just not going to work. In prayer, you have to agree with what God is doing. Now, when we've done all of that, when there is surrender, when you've listened to God, when he's spoken to you, and when you're in agreement with what he has revealed, what's the next step? What's the final step? Well, this is it. It's faith. It's to confidently trust that God will do what he said he will do and that you adjust your life according to that. 
So it's kind of like, so you appreciate that you're now looking at me going, well, hang on a minute, do we, do we humbly come to God in prayer or do we confidently come to God in prayer? Like, how, how does this work? Well, it's kind of a bit of both. It's kind of confident humility, do you, if, if there's such a thing. You know, where, where, yes, you confidently come to God, much like children um, confidently come to their parents and ask for things, but as long as they're asking with the right attitude, still with humility. Does that kind of make sense? So that's the attitude that we're to come to God and pray with. And then when we do, when he reveals something, we go, okay, God, you've, that's the revelation that you've given me. Now I put my trust in that. Now what does that look like? Well, think of a time in your life where God has promised you something. And it has come about. Think through how you put your trust in that. For me, it was um, when I was in my late teen years, early 20s, and I felt God put in my heart, and then it was uh, confirmed by others who prophesied over my life in the church that I was in, about going around the world and training pastors. And specifically, um, the prophecy was about that I would do it even in my 20s. Now, um, when you're a late teenager, early 20s, you're passionate about God and all that sort of thing, you go, well, that's pretty cool, but I can't imagine teaching pastors. Like, hey, they know way more than I do and all that sort of thing. So I kind of, there, there was part of me that went, oh, that's, that's, that's unlikely to happen. But there was part of me, a small part of me that went, man, that would be really cool. I don't know how I'm going to do it because I'm scared of speaking in public, but that would, there's kind of, when God gives you something, is this your experience? Is, is, is a big part of it that's really scary. But there's a little part of it, that there's something in your heart of hearts that you go, well, just maybe. Just maybe God can do that. And here's the thing. This is just going back to what we talked about last week. If that little part of you says, yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to hold on to that. That's powerful. Because where there's that place of agreement, faith starts to grow. And so when I was, um, I would have been uh, 21, I travelled overseas to kind of go, well, we, how would this come about? Um, came back, went to Bible college um, for a couple of years, met a wonderful woman at Bible college, got married. And then um, a couple of years after, a couple of years after we got married, two or three years after we got married, uh, Jenny and I went over to Africa and uh, to Ghana. And um, when we were there, uh, we had the opportunity. It, it kind of came about, we were there to speak in churches. But then this opportunity came up. The, one of the guys that heard us was a principal at a Bible college. And he says, oh, come along and, and speak at my Bible college. So we did that. And um, then that opportunity opened up. Other pastors heard, who were attending that Bible college said, oh, come and speak at this pastor's gathering. And I remember standing in the schoolroom in Ghana with about 50 other pastors, all pastors in this room, teaching them, and I was about 27 years old, and thinking, this is happening. It came true. I did. I literally thought that. I went, oh. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily actively going. I just took the next step that God placed in front of me, and then it kind of dawned on me, hey, this is what God said he would do. That builds your faith. That you go, oh, maybe God can move a mountain. So here's my question. 
Not just maybe. Yeah, good point. So here's my question to every one of us here, and it's the challenge to me. What's your mountain? What's your mountain? What is something that God has given you to do? You know he's, he, he's put it on your heart to do. Or you know that you'll see it. Maybe it's an unsaved member in your family. Maybe it's an unsaved friend. Maybe it's a ministry opportunity that you haven't seen realised yet. Maybe it's revival in St Martin's or Christchurch or New Zealand. I, I don't know what it, what it is, but... What has God put on your heart that you go, man, that's a mountain. I don't, I don't know how that would happen. But maybe God's growing you towards it. Maybe he's just inching you towards it as you take steps of faith. See, the point that Jesus is making here is that he expected his disciples to be growing in their faith. He didn't expect them to go like from zero to 100 in terms of faith in one go. Like when he first met them, he wasn't expecting them to do miracles and do amazing things. But this is now three years down the track where they have witnessed Jesus do incredible miracles, where Jesus has empowered them, where Jesus has given them the authority to do the same thing, where they've gone through storms and seen Jesus um, quell a storm. And he's saying, now, you've learnt this stuff. So he's kind of getting a bit more sort of straight with them now and going, now, come on, guys, step up. You can do this. And that's kind of God's word to us today. You may not be, you know, uh, Reinhard Bonnke or Billy Graham or some of these amazing people that you see going around the world doing incredible things, you know, that have incredible faith, but are you growing in your faith? Are you moving in that direction? Are you stretching yourself as to what it would mean to serve God and what that would look like? I remember years ago watching people pray for others and just in their prayer time they'd get these amazing insights into their lives and I'd go, how do you do, how's that work? You know? Or they'd pray for people and see healing come like there'd just be this instant healing and I'd think man I could never do that and it wasn't until someone said hey well give it a go you know what it can't hurt give it a try and as I did and saw the same things I went oh okay I you know and that grows your faith but you've got to step out of the boat you've got to try you've got to do things that you haven't done before you've got to allow yourself to grow in faith, in every area of our life. Because sometimes it's easy to do that in a comfortable setting, and so it should be in church life or in your connect group when you're praying for someone. But then when, something, when God says, now do that in a different context, you're going, oh, yeah, I don't know how comfortable I feel about that. I remember a few years ago, someone um, I was with praying for me in a cafe, and I was kind of like going, looking around going, oh... Who else is looking? I'm not sure how comfortable I feel about this. And now I'm very comfortable in that environment. So it's just, it's just allowing yourself to be stretched and, and grow. And that's what Jesus was looking for. Here's an example of the disciples growing in their faith. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. So the context of this is Jesus has called all his disciples together, lots of them, and he's sent them out. And he said, go do the miraculous. Cast out demons, heal the sick, bless those around you, bring the kingdom of God. 
And in verse 17, they returned. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted in your name. In other words, they went out and they, they were stretched in terms of what they believed they could do. They, they, they stretched themselves in terms of ministry, in terms of faith. And they realized that out on that edge, when you step out of the boat, when you give things a try, God is there. God is there to meet you. And he does really powerful things. And what I love about the scripture is the surprise. They kind of like go, whoa, we didn't think this would happen, but it happened. You know? It's kind of a bit like um, people that go on short-term mission trips. You often get opportunities on short-term mission trips to do things that you've never done before. And, you know, people do things, they pray for people, they preach, they share, you know, do street evangelism or whatever, and then people get saved, people get healed, and they come back and go, wow, that was amazing, I didn't know that would happen. And why, why are we so surprised? <laughs> we shouldn't be so surprised. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So in other words, Jesus is saying, yeah, don't be surprised. You're, you're doing warfare here. Every prayer that we pray is a warfare prayer. Every prayer that we pray, we are taking ground off the enemy. Any prayer that we are in agreement with God, any prayer where we are putting our confidence in what he has revealed is taking ground off the enemy, right? We're extending the kingdom of God. And so we shouldn't be surprised when the kingdom of God advances, when we see good things happen around us. Verse 20, However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submitted to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Notice this kind of balance of confidence and humility. Yeah, get out there and do it. Go for it. But don't let people, just be careful as you do that. As people give you a claim and say, oh, you're amazing how you do that, go, no, 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 it wasn't me. This is, this is God's power, not my power. But here's the thing. What I get from this and what I see implied in the first scripture with the fig tree is this. If you're not being surprised at what God is doing through you, you're not growing in your faith. Pause for effect there, you know, just let that sink in. I, before writing that line today, I thought, is, is, that, uh, is that true? And I went, yeah, it is. It is true. If we're not being surprised, God is doing through us, if we've got comfortable, if we're in that kind of comfort zone of going, yeah, I, I'm not really trying anything new for God, I'm not really stepping out of the boat or anything like that, I'm not kind of living on that edge of faith, and we're not being surprised because we know, yeah, that's what God does. Well, maybe we haven't got big enough faith. Maybe we should be stretching ourselves a bit more. Maybe we're in the observation zone rather than in the you know, participation zone. I remember uh, back in the uh, end of 2012, um, I'd, had a, I'd met Steve Burgess a couple of months before and he shared about uh, C3 and Chewham Street and uh, we had prayed together and um, stuff like that. And I went away from that conversation. Many of you will know the story. And, and God just sort of put it on my heart that maybe there was this working relationship that we could do together. 
But um, I was really nervous about that. I went, oh, man, that's, that's a really big call. Like, this is, this is huge. Like, this isn't, this isn't a small thing to, to bring two churches together. Uh, so even before I had the conversation with Steve, it was like a couple of months that went by that I was just praying about it and going, God, is this, is this of you? You know, is this, is, this, is this a conversation that you want me to have? And I wasn't even sure how that conversation was going to go. Um, but the more I prayed about it, the more I kind of got the sense that God was saying, yep, Warren, have the conversation. And I was like, okay. And I remember um, making the time to see Steve. Steve had no idea what the meeting was about. And I remember him walking up the path at uh, South City and I was in the office um, by the front door. So I saw him walking up and my heart kind of went, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> this, is, this is it sort of thing. And um, of course, I, I put the proposal to him and he goes, oh yeah, let's, let's talk about that, let's pray about that. And I, I kind of went, okay, God might be in this after all. It was right outside of my comfort zone. But I'm so pleased that I did it. I'm so pleased that uh, in the events that all followed, uh, the leadership team and trustees and all the people that had to sort of make all that happen um, came on board with that. But it took a step of faith. It took looking at a mountain and going, you've got to move. Something's got to change here. Something's going to happen. So here's the question. What's your mountain? What's got to move? Where's the growth edge of your faith at the moment? What is God putting in your heart? And a mistake that we can often make when we're talking about faith, and I need to just, this is just a wee qualifier here, is that in the context of this passage and in the context of everything that we see in Scripture, faith is not separate from a relationship with God. Actually, Anna reminded us of that this morning in John 15. We have to stay connected to the vine. And I, I remember years ago, I was in a, in a very faith-filled church that talked about faith all the time. And I, I remember going home and as a young Christian and going, God, I want to have more faith. Just believe, 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 believe. You know, I was trying to, try to drum up faith in myself, which is really silly now that I look at it. I shouldn't confess some of these things. Um, but, you know, I, I, I so wanted to be right by God and do, do the right thing that I was trying to generate this faith. But... Faith and faith is nothing. That's just kind of like, I don't know what that is, self-help or whatever it is. No, that's not what the Bible refers to as faith. Biblical faith is trust in Christ. It is that simple. It is a relationship. And within that relationship, hearing from him, knowing what he's put on your heart, and then following after what he's revealed in all the different areas of our lives. And it's... It's easy to apply it to one area. For, for example, for me, you might go, well, that's fine for you, Warren, because you know, that you're a pastor, you're a religious professional type person, and this is, this is what you do. But you can apply it to all different areas of your life. I remember um, years ago, uh, do, praying through our first property purchase, which wasn't necessarily a, as you know, we've changed properties quite often, um, bought, bought and sold lots of properties. And um, in, in our young married life, I didn't sort of think to pray about a house. I just kind of thought, well, you 
You go out, not, not that you had trade me back then, but you, you go to real estate agents, you find a house, you buy a house. It's a very practical thing. You don't need to pray about it. And then when we um, moved up to Christchurch, uh, I think we'd grown in faith a bit, and I went, Lord, you, you've got to provide us the right house. And then we actually saw God move and um, provide the property that we needed. And then since then, we've had amazing, miraculous uh, situations that have happened. Uh, even uh, last year, we were going through a property deal, and, um, and it looked like it was just not going to happen. The bank had come back to us and said, no, you just cannot do this. And uh, even when that came back, we were working with Rob, and Rob rang me and said, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. We'll keep trying. We'll try another bank, but, you know, this is, it's looking a bit unlikely. In my heart, I just went, no, it'll happen. I've prayed about it. I know that God will do it. It'll happen. And sure enough, it did. You know, there's, there's a confidence and a faith. God grows your faith when you stretch yourself, when you allow yourself to present every area of your life to God, surrender every area to him, your work life, your finances, your family, everything. And then hear from him in regard to that and then put your faith in what he reveals. So what's your mountain? What's your mountain today? Where's that growth edge for you? Lastly, let's just look back at um, verse 21. It says this, uh, back to Matthew 18, verse 21. Truly I tell you, if you have faith and not doubt, not only you uh, faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what, has, what was done to this fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and it will be done. What does that sort of faith look like? That sort of faith looks like taking action based on what God has revealed. That's the evidence of faith. So not only are we to ask God for big things, not only are we to put our confidence in in what he said so that we grow in our faith, we're actually to take action in regard to what he has revealed. Going back to the example I used before of in my 20s, you know, God revealing to me that I'd be teaching and training and things like that, if I had just gone, oh, well, that's cool, God will have to do it, but I'm just going to carry on doing the job that I'm, that I'm doing, it, you know, I had to take steps towards what God had revealed. And that's faith. Faith is actually putting into action what you know God has put on your heart. Have you done that? Are you acting on what God has revealed? Because as you do that, as you walk that life of faith, as you walk that life of surrender, as you walk that life of listening and agreement with God, what happens, I've discovered, and you've discovered this as well, is that God gives you more. Because you can be proven with what you've been given. And if you're kind of looking at your life and going, well, God hasn't given me much lately, we'll just ask God, God, what was the last thing that you gave me that I had to be responsible with, that I had to put my faith in? And have you been faithful with that? Because the, the scripture is very clear that God will give more to those who can be trustworthy. Much is given. There is so much more that God has for every one of us. 
There is so much more relationship that he wants. There's so much more that he wants to do through us. There's so much more that he wants to do around us. And he is looking to us to go, will you trust me? Will you trust me? We, as a congregation, can pray really powerful, effective prayers. There is a level of prayer that we haven't got to yet. And, and maybe I'm not there, maybe you're not there, but I want to go there. I don't know about you, but I want to go there. I want to be in this place where we're hearing from God and God is revealing big stuff and it, and it stretches us a bit and we go, <gasps> take a breath and go, whoa, that's a pretty big mountain. I don't know how we're going to throw that one in the sea. But we do it. We do it with God because God's with us, because God's promised it. And even though we read scriptures like that and it really makes us squirm, makes us feel a bit uncomfortable, we like to be in that uncomfortable zone. It's a, it's a healthy place to be because God's growing us in our faith. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.